Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Track. Let's do it. And hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 7, track 6. Human Nature. not sorry either it's human nature that's right the most r&b song on the record indeed uh and a, a song that mystifies me frankly um i like it fine i mean i think it's 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 as um uh it's a fine song it's 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 a fine funky r&b track yeah and i don't know why she loves singing it so much because really? she's done it live so many times i i mean i agree with you i think it's a fine track I think it has aged well. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think it, and I think part of that is because she likes it so much. I do know why she sings it and likes it so much is because I think it's a, it is, it is really like a thesis statement for her or an artistic statement. It, it is how she leads her way through the world. I also think it's the most rock and roll song of her career, which is like <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Rock and rollers don't apologize for anything. This is, yeah. You know it, what I it's, mean? it's punk. It's yeah. basically her version of a punk song. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that way, I think it, it always resonates with her because it's, it is a big fuck you song. It's like, you know, this is this is the time, and I and I do feel like this is the most effective response she has to her critics. A hundred percent. And anything she says in the interviews around this time, anything she's said since then about the about it, it really is all comes back to human nature. Yeah. And expressing yourself, not repressing yourself. Yes, it's it's a flip on express yourself itself. Yeah. It's taking it a step further. It's more pointed. It's intelligent. Yes. You know, and I think, um, and then I think the video on top of it really creates a solid statement. I think regret is a waste of time. I think you could say, well, um, maybe I made a mistake here or there, but I think you learn from your mistakes. I think it's one thing to say I made a mistake, but it's another thing to say that I regret because um, I actually learn more from my mistakes than my, my, my victories, so to speak. Okay, I'm going to have to rephrase this next question, but do you wish it had happened another way then, in as much as the erotica album and the book, all came, it all came out together? Do you think the album got a bit lost in all the hoo-ha over yeah, the book? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not sure what would have been a better uh, idea to release the book first and then the album much later or the other way around. I don't know. 
but it's already happened. So. Mm. I mean, I think this is one. Of, this is a tentpole of the record. This is a yeah. song that embodies the era, embodies the the time. Um, this song was written with Dave Hall, and then they also used a uh, a sample from uh, the band Main Source called "What You Need" mm. in the song, so that, that the songwriters from that also get a credit. Um, but I think it's a song, I think Madonna had the lyrics and they built the song around her messaging for it because um, that bass and that kind of like, it's a very like restless song. And after all the smooth and whatever you want to say about Don't Stop and I'd Rather Be Your Lover, there's nothing um, jagged or pointed about the production or the music. This has all kinds of shards and yeah. and weird kind of like, um, there's a hecticness to it too. Yeah. Well, it's a tough song. Yeah. It's not, there's no softness in it. In fact, I would say that the first five tracks of this album all demonstrate a softer side of her. And even when she's asking the questions, did I say something wrong? Oops. I didn't know I couldn't talk about sex. She's not asking in like, did I say something wrong? She's, no. she's saying it as a statement of like, you know, Fuck you. Like, I don't, I feel like this is the Madonna, the steely Madonna that hearkens to erotica, but isn't the erotica Madonna. Do you know what I mean? Well, yes, because I think that it's not about her. It's really about those people. Yeah, it's your perception, yeah. you know, and you totally misunderstood me, which she talks about a lot in this time period about how when she looks back at well, bedtime stories in this era, this time specifically, is really about her looking back at how she was mistreated in erotica and misunderstood, that her message was misunderstood. And, and kind of dismissed as an object. She was objectified yes. in such a way. And the, I mean, uh, we, we were saying offline, this, this album should be called Bedtime Misogynies because there's so much misogyny that she's... That she's um, uh, facing at this time, and she's really seeing the extremes of human nature. But I knew that I was um, dealing with taboo subjects, and I knew that it was going to upset some people. I didn't know, I didn't think it would accept, um, upset that many people, and I didn't know that it would resonate for so long. Really? Yeah. Really? But um, I think to me, it, sh it showed me really what a hypocritical society that we live in and how um, repressed most people really are about their feelings and their fantasies and their identity and who they are in the world. And I think it was very telling about the world. Were you naive, you think, or did you set out to shock? No, I, I, no, I don't. Maybe I was a little bit naive, I, I, I suppose. I mean, when you're an artist and you're creating in a, in a vacuum, a lot of times you don't realize that the effect that you're going to have and which to me contradicts what everybody thinks of me, that I'm so calculating and I, that I plan things. I mean, I have ideas 
and I execute them. I'm, I'm very impulsive when it, you know, when it comes to the creative impulse, whatever. I just do it. But this is a very conservative society you live in, isn't it? Yeah, but it, I didn't realize how so. Um, I mean, the very fact that people were telling me when I wanted to put my sex book out, oh, you can't do that, you're going to make so many people mad, oh, uh, you can't, oh, but you're so popular right now, and oh, you, the fact that people were telling me I couldn't do it made me want to do it even more, because I, I felt like, well, what's the difference between me doing this and an actress posing for nude for Playboy or whatever? The only difference is that I'm making money off of it, and that's what pissed a lot of people off. Um, and, uh, I mean, we are, we are surrounded by the same kind of erotic images that I put in my book all the time, and in, in film, in, on television, uh, in, in magazines, and literature, and everything. But because I'm a pop icon, or whatever you want to call me, it, it's, which means that I'm popular, which means that my ideas can't be controversial. They have to be popular. And um, I, I sort of broke that rule, yes. you know? It was often said, of course, of Elvis and Marilyn Monroe, wasn't it, that they started out quite radical and quite on the, the extreme of, <clears throat> of American society. Right. But society sucked them back in and made them conform. Certainly well, Elvis. I think they tried to make them conform. I don't think Elvis Presley was ever um, able to live up to what people wanted him to be. And I think ne neither was Marilyn Monroe, and that was their downfall, because I think that they didn't have the survival skills to sort of stick to their guns and say, this is who I am, this is who I want to be, and screw what everybody thinks. And you, you know? do? Well, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> yeah. And so the song feels very extreme by by comparison. And I think it's really interesting that she really never belts out. She's it's a very conversational song too. She doesn't really sing it like there's not a lot of like, you know, money note singing on this and and so much of the questions are whispered yeah which i kind of love i love yeah. the whispering yeah yeah i love it too well especially at the end yeah, a different kind of secret yes I think this album has a lot of secrets on it. I mean, I think the, you know, even the I'd Rather Be a Lover, I'd Rather Be Your Lover is a, sec a song about so a secret. You're coming around. You're coming around. Well, listen, I didn't say, you know, I don't have the same vitriol for I'd Rather Be Your Lover that I do for... I don't even remember the name of the song. Well, I think... <laughs> don't stop. I think... And this is a song for me that I remember hearing and being like, wow, there's no melody. Wow, this is so weird. Oh, she's got that bratty, like, whiny voice going. Ooh, I don't know. And then as time has gone on, it's gotten in my bones. And uh, the mixes. Oh, yeah. Let's talk oh, yeah. about the remixes. Because yeah. this is one of those magical, amazing... Maxi singles from the nineties yeah. in the plastic cover that I just love. It has nine mixes on it. It's an album unto itself. And it is so stunning yeah. and so great and so funky. First of all, the album art. Well, this this is the this is the photo shoot that she did for Details Mag. Remember that Details yeah. magazine where she's on the cover looking quite fetching? Yeah. 
She, it was in a hotel. It wasn't in the Gramercy Hotel. Yeah. And she did it with this photographer who she only worked with for this thing. And it happened really fast. They loved the look. And when she saw the picture, she's like, I love all these pictures. Bettina Rames, baby. Bettina Rames. Amazing. And they're just beautiful, great shots. They hearken to this other side of Madonna, which, you know, this is the um, the fourth single off yeah. the album, right? Um, Secret take about bedtime stories and then human nature. This didn't really chart. It got to like 35. Did yeah. it even hit the top 40? I don't remember. No, I mean, no. It, it was like 46, oh, yeah, and, okay. but it was number two on the dance charts. Right. It was a huge dance hit. Because and, of these remixes. Yeah. Which are not Junior Vasquez remixes. We have... Our, no, our, there's all kinds of different people on these yeah. remixes. There's Howie T... Bottom heavy dub. Let's yeah. talk about the bottom heavy dub. <laughs> I like Do anything that where the bottoms are heavy. Oh that. my god. the dead center of the album. And this is another example of the chameleonic uh, of this album that she, it's a completely different sound than Inside of Me, completely different sound from Forbidden Love. It, is chameleonic a word? It is a word that I just uh, used. <laughs> it's chameleonic. I, don't, I, I love that word. I just don't know if it's true, but I agree with you that she is chameleonic on this album. It's a trip hop masterpiece. Oh, I didn't think that you thought it was a masterpiece. I don't though. think it's a masterpiece. I'm just saying. What but it I'm is an oddly enduring song. Like for a song that ultimately, again, like a lot of the songs on this album only has really two parts, mm. you know? Um, but for me, the thing that sells this song and what I will always like is actually one of my favorite videos that she's ever made. Wow. I love this video. I love everything about it. I think she looks amazing. I love the costumes. I love the action in this video. Mm. I love how it's shot. I love the color. I love this is a Mondino. So this is another John Baptiste Mondino. He did justify my love and open your heart. He is back um, with a little squad of dancers and Madonna's looking very um, Catwoman-y yet. Yeah. Boxery, like leather. Yeah, she has the you know the the cornrowed hair, right? She's ready for battle. She's sexy. They got great 
it's very Fosse-esque in some ways, but also different. You know, it has a little bit of like, I feel like it's, you know, the visuals are hearkening to erotica, but they're in a much brighter space, right? Well, she- and, and, and that the, the, the stuff with the rope, and I just yes. think some of that, that harkens back to um, the Keep It Together performance in Blonde Ambition. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it, it, it's, it's the squad working together to create these visuals that are really cool. Yeah, it's just, I think it's just one of the most um, energizing videos of her career. And a really, I think in a way, like, my favorite video of, of, of the bedtime stories videos for sure. Well, each one of those videos and, and, and I wish, uh, you know, uh, if, if we were a different conversation, we would uh, do all the videos together and kind of compare and contrast them. Each one is its own animal. And I, that's what I love. And these feel, these four videos, secret, take a bow, bedtime story, and then human nature feel like small films in the way that they, each have their own environment, um, their own cast of characters, and except Madonna being the constant, nobody shows up again, and the vibe of each one is completely separate and isolated. They're almost like they're almost like student films that are all under one syllabus. Interesting. I like that you're using the word syllabus. Um, I don't know that's totally correct usage (laughs) of that word, but um, I do want to say that. A you know, chameleonic syllabus. A chameleonic syllabus. You know, erotica was the same though. Every one of those videos was a different world. I didn't feel like they were connected. You know what I mean? Mm. But this goes to the Norman Mailer interview from Esquire yeah. that he talks about the video and video form as like poetry and that the, each video is a poem. And mm. in that way I see this song as a poem or this video as a, as a different kind of poem for sure than the secret video and all the others that they're very much their own vocabulary, their own perspective, their own story, their own theme that they're exploring mm. and the language being the song, you know, itself. But, um, so I do see that. I also see like just going back to that Norm Mailer interview, which I encourage everybody to try to find online and uh, from Esquire. Norman Mailer, uh, a legendary writer and misogynist. Misogynist. I think he like shot one of his wives at one point. One of his and, six wives. Yeah, and um, but he uh, did an interview for Esquire with Madonna in 1993. Four, no, or 1994. It's like right around the the release of this album and. It's kind of riveting. It's it's riveting in very strange ways. Like he writes it in the third person. Yes. He writes about himself in the third person as well as her. So he's like, as if he's observing himself. He makes fun of himself to a degree and he's very taken with her. Yeah. He ends the article by saying, an interview by saying like, I have decided the thesis of this is that you are one of the, the you are the greatest living female artist of our time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And I've been like, wow. Um, I also love it because we see so many different sides of Madonna in this, in this interview. And, uh, I also find it very interesting that, well, a couple things, um, and not to talk about what's current, the shenanigans currently happening in the world of Madonna, but I find that when Madonna has a worthy interviewer, 
she rises to meet that person. Yeah. And, and that happens with Jonathan Ross. It happens mo many times with Kurt Loder. Um, and it happens with, mo not a lot with women, which is sadly, right. which is sad because, you know, there's a legendarily disastrous Ruby Wax interview from this same era. It's actually the first interview she did for the Bedtime Stories era that is kind of a disaster. And Ruby Wax is a hot mess. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and Madonna clearly puts her guardrails up and just kind of gets through it. All the phones are bugged in London and probably it would be in the National Enquirer or something. You're really there. paranoid about London, aren't you? Wouldn't you be? Well, I live in if London. You were, yeah, but you're not me. No. If true. I lived in London, it would be, you know, they'd be doing everything they do to Princess Diana that they do. Well, there's one difference between you and Princess Diana. I think there's more than one. <laughs> think of you. I've met but, Princess Diana. Does that impress you? You have? I have it. Yeah, see, slide tip of the head. She held my child. Really? She did not give it suck, but she held it in her lap. And I prayed to God this kid would not go to the toilet on her lap. It was a joke. Why are you looking so weird? I'm worried about the cameras. <laughs> oh, we can't, how are we going to have a conversation if you're always flicking around? Oh, well. Can't you look at me and talk to me? Look. Let your chin go. It's going to go anyway. I'm looking at you out of the corner of my Just eye. Just <laughs> release yourself. Go. Give in to age. Give in to all of this. You still have talent. I have to encourage her, otherwise she'll go out and kill herself. No. It's, it's not a good chemistry. They don't no. have a good chemistry. And you're right that I think that she tends to have better chemistry with men than with women. In and the when, they, when they bring it... Um, which recently I feel like a lot of her interviewers have not brought it. And right. so she's not, she's not going to work. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think that this period, this period for the next, for season three yeah. is the last time she gives really substantive interviews. Yes. I can't think totally. of an interview after 98, 99 that I find deep. I have a couple, but I'm going to okay. save them right, for good, later. Good. Mailer brings it. And so she brings it. I think it was, I remember thinking this is so brilliant because it's taking her out of pop stardom into a, to that larger cultural thing in a conversation in a way that Camille Paglia never was able to do. That's right. Well, he wanted, you know, he wanted to interview her, do the interview, or he agreed after he saw her do Letterman and was like, you know what? She's right. He's soft. He's capitalist. He's he's become the system and she's right to buck up against it. Yeah. And I think that opened a door for her. And she was really open to his ideas, which is really fun in the interview too, because she's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And he literally is like, I've had six wives. I've never won an argument with an intelligent, intelligent woman. I don't know what this means. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's really taken, you know, thrilled with her. But it is again, like she's confronting the patriarchy through Norman Mailer, who is like the icon or the the representation of this sort of patriarchy and then um and his fa and her father's generation yes, representative yes. of it yeah which i think is very important and she says oh you remind me of my former father-in-law of sean penn's yeah. father you know so that there's this whole other thing happening for her well and uh, the, and the other thing i i think is really interesting about that interview is um it ends with them talking about princess diana oh yeah and I remember when Diana died, sadly, in 1997, and then Madonna went on the MTV Music Awards yeah. to chastise the media. Yeah. And I, I remember there being, you know, murmurings of like, oh, Madonna's jumping on the bandwagon of totally. Diana. And she was already doing that. Uh, one person, Princess Diana, keeps cropping up. Uh, I don't know <laughs> oh, who started the, the this. Oh, face thing. interview. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I just wonder whether you have a degree of empathy at all with 
with Princess Di? Definitely. Uh, that and I don't know. It's um, every time I do an uh, interview with British journalist, they, that that name does come up. Um, but because she's also, I think, really picked on by the media, and um, I, she has used the media as well, though quite effectively. She has. Well, I'm not. I don't really. I'm not really up on everything. I just. I guess what I see is what filters over to America, and, and um, wow, I wouldn't want to be her. <laughs> The other thing about the video I think that, that we're forgetting about is how much humor is in it. Yes. I mean, this is the other thing. I One of the reasons I love the video so much is that we see the Madonna that I love, which is the one that knows how to have fun, laughs a lot, really plays with the dog when she's like, you know, her she new dog. She has the afro. Yes. She gets she lets yes. the hair out. Yeah. It's really fun and it's playful. And, and even the masks and stuff that the dancers wear, it feels so over-exaggerated. Yeah. And it's they all dangerous. climb into the same box together. And, yeah. and it's almost like, come on. But then at the end of the video, the music cuts out and Madonna just stares at us for five seconds and then says, Absolutely no regrets. For all of the fun, all of the visual stimuli of the video, she means fucking business. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's almost like it feels so much like the final word on this. Yes. And it really is. Yes. Like it succeeds in turning the page for her. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly right. It's it's a powerful song. And I think that that's why, because she's done it now on four world tours. My favorite is still the first time when she was on the Drowned World Tour and rode the bull. Yeah. That was yeah. a fun time. But she takes her jacket off and then she's like, okay. I'm going to ride the bull yeah. and I'm going to yeah. fall over and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to fall or I'm going to get back on the bull. Yeah. And I kind of love that. loved rediscovering it on the Madame X uh, video, the film of Madame X, because I remember being like, oh, she's doing human nature again in the show. But it, in, on, on the recording, it sounds so beautiful. And so yeah. there's so much happening in it that, and it's, and it's kind of a standard now. Yeah. It's so strange how quickly that happened. <laughs> well, it's not that quick, but yeah. it feels quick to you. Yeah. Feels quick to me, baby. That's time. Oh my gosh. Until next time. Bye. You definitely, you're going to have a baby very soon. I can feel, I can it, now. feel it too. I too. I think you're kicking already. <laughs> <laughs> this is the father. What else? What else is in my purse? Oh, it's oh wait, wait. Oh wait. Oh, is this seriously what you carry in your purse? Actually, I always carry an extra pair of panties. I, I think my. These your panties? Yeah, they're crotchless. I can wait a minute. I'm sorry. Can we just show this? Because I think, where is the crotch? There's got to be a crotch. That's Otherwise, just how do you it. Know there is no crotch. It on?